So live from the Dirt Bike Test palatial, well-lit office in downtown Pahrump, Nevada, which is uh, interesting to say, we are Tech Talk Taco Tuesday number 15. How do you like that? How about Taco Tuesday Tech Talk? Um, you're dealing with someone who's relatively dyslexic, so we're just going to kind of keep that to a minimum. All right. Um, and uh, George is live out there doing a sound check for us. That's good. Uh, Victor, as always, the popsicle guy. You know, my uh, monitor up there is uh, maybe somebody, Gabe, you could go over and adjust that because it's. Uh, I push the volume button. It needs to just slide over in the tray a little bit. So it's our 15th show. As you notice, we're in a slightly different location that time. Perfect. Uh, angle it over. Just give it a little kick. There we go. I can even see my sound levels. Um, we're in a slightly different location. Uh, this is our uh, office. Um, might be a studio. <laughs> it's, it might be whatever it is. It's connected to my house, uh, and I can ride a dirt bike right out the front door. And one of these shows, I'm going to ride a dirt bike in the front door and sit down and handle this. Um, did you steal this? I did not. Okay, good. That's mine. Um, <laughs> so we're trying to... Uh, Get rolling on a good note. I'd like to let you know that uh, Dirt Bike Tests Tech Talk Taco Tuesday is brought to you by Kate's Real Food, Acherby's this week, and TM Design Works. These are companies that have, uh, all of them, uh, supported the sport that we all love. Uh, they're helping bring us here, and they make really good products that you should involve in your dirt biking activities. Uh I don't have a Kate's bar right now because I just got done with my tacos. I did have a Kate's bar for lunch. Did you see me have my Kate's bar for lunch? Yeah, you post about it on Instagram. Yeah. You got to follow me on Instagram because all you get to do is see me eating Kate's bars, and I'm happy to do that's, that. It's not an exaggeration either. <laughs> so it's energy, um, good energy, good food, and the best thing about it is Kate is a dirt biker herself and really uh, uh, supports us and says – I remember when we got those at Dirt Rider Magazine when they were brand new and she ha had a connection through uh, some of the guys that worked there through uh, Jesse Ziegler, I believe. And she sent some bars down there and they disappeared. And I didn't get any. And they wrote a DR tested at the time on it and they gave it like 100%. I'm like, nothing gets 100%. And uh, so I'm like, they're like, no, it's really, it's that good. They get 100%. I'm like, nothing gets 100%. I can find something wrong with it. So... They wanted to publish it. I'm like, they're not publishing something with 100% until you get me one of those to test because I'm the editor. I have to text and you know edit everything, although I can't spell. Right. I can eat food. So they they gave me some, uh, got me, no, they, they, the whole other box came through uh -huh. and disappeared. I didn't get them. So we actually held the held the test, and I think they really wanted to run it. They And, and so we actually ran it, but I, I dinged some points off of it. Really? And I hate to, hate to admit this because it actually does happen. And like there's a few I can count on my hands almost how many times I was wrong. You were you were wrong. I was wrong. Yeah. Wow. And so you you Kate, yeah no that's that's Kate, rare. Kate's bars are really good. So, uh, anyways, always uh, stoked to have them aboard and especially in my pocket when I'm out riding and I get hungry. So this week we are going to talk about a lot of stuff. I got a lot of really good questions. Uh, we're going to talk about the 2020 KTM EXEs that were announced. Uh, we are going to talk about uh, some of the testing we've been doing on the Yamaha WR450. We actually went and rode today. I was kind of on my world finalizing 
um, some maps, map settings that I had on it for the different pipes we've been running. And I was um, checking my butt because I got a new Acherby seat, the new X-Seat Air. Uh, just got it and threw it on today and uh, broke it in. So we're going to talk about that. Um, I got some really trick wheels for my adventure bike. I got some new W wheels for my adventure bikes all built up. And we have sitting next to me, my special guest for the show, Matt Mattoon. Hi. So Matt is uh, Matt's written some stuff for us at Dirt Bike Test. Uh, years ago. Years ago. Back, back when, it, when it first started up, yeah. Yeah, no, it wasn't that early, but pretty close. <laughs> he uh, Now he is uh, a college student, which is kind of strange because when I met him, he was a dum-dum. <laughs> and he uh, is studying physics which means he's probably smarter than I am. And so when I get into the, one of these debates or conversations about physics, his job is to step in and just Prove say... Prove wrong. Oh, what? Prove you wrong. You have proof. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. He'll, he'll use science to prove my, um, my uh, ass in the seat, hand in the throttle wrong. So uh, he's just here to keep me in check. Uh, he's in town, has a little bit of time off school, so we are out ripping around today riding. Um, Matt has a Husaberg 300. Uh, 2012, I was just informed. Yep. yep. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll get into that bike a little bit later and uh, lots of other stuff. So I'm going to dive right into questions because um, I think you got some good ones and we'll try to answer these. And of course, Victor wants to know what I'm drinking tonight. Tonight, I am drinking. Well, I haven't had it yet, but I'll, I'll, I'll explain the story. It's uh, This is my favorite, my current favorite, Victor. This is a Loma Azul. Um, it's, uh, a mid there. I got to get the label up there. It's a mid priced, uh, tequila, but it's ranks very high. I'm having reposado tonight for a, a kind of very specific reason. Um, uh, largely because my, uh, my, uh, class a Azul, uh, had, had, had a little problem. It, it went empty. It's, it's like, uh, nothing, nothing left. So, oh, and you think I can actually afford this? Uh-uh. This is a gift. See, it was a, it was a gift because I fixed some guys. I fixed Mark's um, clake. It was one of those clutch brake things, and it saved him. Um, he was able to continue taking the school and go riding. So luckily, since I fixed a clake, I got that bottle, and now that it's empty, I'm hoping that he comes back and something breaks on his motorcycle and I help fix it. So tonight's uh, tequila is Loma Azul, and uh, I got, I'm backing it with a, uh, a hams. So uh, question number one. Uh, Jeremy Brown says, Jimmy, thanks for all the Tech Talk videos. Not sure if this is the best way to send in a topic request, uh, but figured it was worth a shot. Yes, it is, because I have it. I'm not sure which way you sent it in. Oh, I know. it was No, it wasn't the best way, because I had to have Trevor undecipher it from Facebooks and put it into an email for me. So um, you may have already covered it. Forgive me if I'm missing an episode on this request. It'd be cool to hear your tech tips on setup tricks for the KTM 500 and what you like to do those bikes. I know you have mentioned them as being a favorite bike. Also, what you did to your Tour of Idaho bike as well. Well, those bikes are one and the same, actually, the one that I ride, the KTM 500 I ride the most. Anything you would have done differently for bike setups. Also, GPS tips. Appreciate it. So, Jeremy, I'm going to give you one big tip that you can um, uh, do that would uh, save me a lot of uh, time and blah, 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 blah. You can go on to Dirt Bike Test, search the Tour of Idaho, and watch that video I did. That way you get to see my bike, see my tech tips, see my GPS setup, uh, all that stuff. It's explained there. 
the reason we actually have that website is so I can say what I just said. That way, um, it saves us a lot of time. We can kind of mow, mow through this stuff. But um, uh, my KTM 500s are pretty um, – well, they're they're largely stock engine-wise, um, but they are – they're very individually set up. I do a little bit of suspension tuning, kind of stuff that's specific to me. Um, I like a little bit of a m- little more holdup and a little stiffer ride, probably because I'm carrying more weight, and more gas. Um, I run a big, big Acherby's tank on the bike that I do the longer distance stuff with, and I, and I have a smaller, a mid-sized one, and then I have a stock one, all with the fuel pumps in, so I can change them real quick. You know how quick you can change gas tanks on KTM's and Husabergs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We I'm did. very experienced with taking t- gas we, tanks off Husabergs. We, we did that today. Um, so I have the different size gas tanks that are just really uh, quick to switch. And Gabe, this one's for you. You know, there's that quick disconnect on the fuel lines on the fuel injected KTM's. You don't actually have to unscrew or break the, the hose clamp and pull it off the line. You know that. You didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I saw that gas tank of the the, the 1190 gas tank uh, on the ground. So, um, but uh, what else did I do? I mean, the Tour of Idaho bike, I just had, you know, had luggage set up on it. My current luggage setup is Wolfman stuff. I've switched a little bit um, from the Giant Loop stuff I ran on the Tour. Um, just, just personal preference. They're both really good um, companies, make good stuff. Uh I run Kenda tires almost all the time. They support my schools, and I'm super happy with those tires, the longevity, and especially the performance under braking. Um, but, uh, yeah, GPS setup tips. Man, now that the Voyager Pro is out, I would probably run a, norm- a one regular Voyager and then a Voyager Pro because of the mapping that's in it. I don't really use the mapping. I just keep my arrow on the line and then um, go from there. So... Yeah, hopefully that answers some of your questions, but I'm sure that video would answer a lot more. Um, and then you can you can probably get yourself invited and then kicked off and then re-invited and then kicked off again to the Tour of Idaho group that's on Facebook. All you have to do is tell them that Jimmy recommended that you ride an adventure bike on the Tour of Idaho and you'll be set. Um, don't do that. <laughs> so uh, Ben Everett asks, how exactly does one de- degrease noise levels? He said he he put degrease in uh, quotes. Um, inquiring wines want to know, want to know. So either he's picking on me for my um, prowess as a as an editor, my um, my spelling. Uh, so I was going to say, hey, spell check did that for me, but I probably typed it in that way. But um, how do you decrease noise levels? I think is the question you're uh, getting at. And if you're making a joke, then. Uh, I shouldn't answer it, but if you aren't making a joke and you want to know how to decrease sound, you make a bigger muffler. That's the that's the key. That's, uh, that's it. Yeah. Well, f- well, physics doesn't physics come into play here? Uh, it might a little bit. I mean, I, uh, can you? I, I don't want to. I, I don't want anyone to quote me on this, but uh, <laughs> I mean, if it's longer, it might have uh, more. Uh, like for the perfect, like, yeah, exactly, like exactly like much, what I was maybe. thinking. That the the reason is so so decreasing noise levels on motorcycles. It's everybody thinks it's all about the muffler, but right now we're spending a lot of time um, learning how to decrease the tire noise, um, the chain slap, uh, where sound reflects off of based on where the sound meters are. Uh, so it's kind of a game and actually Chris Real, it's Chris Real in the chat room. He, he is an expert at that and he could probably answer your question too. One of these days I'm going to get him in here. 
um, because he can answer it. He wouldn't. He wouldn't be as specific as Matt was right there. But I'm pretty sure he that, might actually be right too. <laughs> well, that's what he works in. He's there he's, we go. he's well studied in that. And then um, uh, let's see, anonymous. <laughs> My friend and I will be passing through Pahrump this Sunday on an ADV tour. Can I stop by and say hello if you are around? No, no, no. You, I, I'm. No, not just because I'm doing like this show once a week. You can stop by at this show if I invite you, but you can't just stop by. Um, yeah. No solicitating. I, I live in a compound out here. I'm in Pahrump, Nevada. Have you ever heard of Art Bell? He was really famous. There's a show called Coast to Coast AM. Yeah. Where he got abducted by aliens, right? Art did. Yeah. So I'm... I, I'm not really sure who you are and why you're anonymous and why you want to stop by. So let's just not, let's not go there right now. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> CJ commented, how difficult would it be to open the trans up and tear out the sixth gear to a longer one? He's talking about the KTM 350. I'm pretty sure. Uh, it would be as easy as it is to open up the cases and change the gears, but I haven't done the research to find out um, if those gears are available, if there's a, um, a uh, you know, the proper ratios. I know KTM has a ton of transmissions, and I remember in the old days when we used to do them on, like, the Honda two-strokes, there was, there, was, there was gear sets to put, you know, and make it a wide ratio transmission and stuff, and it was just mixing and matching parts from other bikes and stuff. So... I'm pretty sure that there's a way to do it. Uh, I may do it because I now have that bike, and that's something I would like. But we will see if there's a way. When there is a way, I will let you know. But I'm, I'm. There's got to be someone that's smarter than me on that specific KTM part stuff that would know. Somebody should, and then they should sell it, and then people would buy it. Uh, right. Um, Bobby Hughes asks. Hello, I have recently purchased a Sierra 450L Enduro bike, stock 25 horsepower. Uh, that means he's in Europe, I believe, uh, because they have a much more restricted Sierra 450L. Um, how much That's BHP, boring. and that, that would suggest that too, do you think the tuner would add, or do you have any other recommendation or mods for me? Oh, yeah, I'm from the UK, and there's no parts available for them yet. So... I have seen your intake track before, your airbox boot and the baffling they put inside of that intake track. And uh, uh, frankly, until you replace it with something um, that's a little less restrictive, nothing will help uh, help that. And I'm, I don't know. I kind of suspect that your muffler is the same as ours, so that's not really a, a, a big issue because we've seen over here that the fuel tuner will help a stock bike uh, completely stock, but it also requires taking off the airbox cover to really um, see any benefits. So you want to, um, uh, if you take your airbox cover off, it, it there's stuff downstream that's going to make it so it's not really helping. So um, maybe you need to make friends with somebody in the United States, maybe somebody on the... Um, chat board right here that might be able to go to the Honda dealer and buy an intake boot <laughs> if that's the part and then uh, they could send it over to you and then uh, good luck good times uh, that would start you on the path and then I would get a, a JD tuner and uh, or a Vortex ignition which uh, does even more stuff and uh, and you might be uh, well on your way 
to uh, getting a lot more uh, horsepower. But yeah, 25 is it, that's CRF 250 uh, levels, L levels. Um, so it's their their bikes are very very restricted over there. So uh, good good luck with that. Let us know how it goes because I'd like to be able to answer those questions because this this the way the world is today. We're pretty international, and uh, we can sometimes we can help and make connections for you. Um, let's see. Five days ago, this question, Jimmy. I like your channel a lot. Think of getting this for my 2019 500 EXC. Good power, but miss the feel of my old 520 EXC. Maybe this is an exhaust. Maybe this exhaust end cap would do it. Oh, it's about the JD jetting tuner. That's right. I think I answered this last week, if I remember correctly. But um, the JD jetting tuner. Anytime you're going to mess with anything on an emissions compliant bike one thing will affect another thing because they're they're built to to a tune you know everything's working as a system and if you uncork one thing another thing's going to become a problem there's going to be restrictions here and there so i think you yes if you're going to change an end cap um uh i run my stock ones with that that perf screen just taken out of it um i don't really and then when i want more power i slip an fmf uh slip on on if i want more basically it's more snap because on peak peak power the even the kind of the restricted mufflers do pretty good uh they're just they just kind of tame it kind of in the throttle response area so uh those those tuners uh work really good actually we need to get jd jetting on here as a sponsor i think it's all i talk about anymore yeah I i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about that fuel tuner <laughs> that one fuel tuner that that like that that one tool company that i'm probably not gonna mention this show so uh okay um let's see we ran through most of the things i know we wanted to talk about the uh we'll do, get to the yamaha wr in a minute Oh, Victor wanted to know. I saw a question earlier today. He said, what gear oil do I run in my two-strokes? Um, I've run everything from ATF to, you know, the uh, 1540 diesel, um, the Delvac and Dello and stuff like that, to this motorcycle-specific transmission fluids. And in all of them, um, I would say it depended it was dependent on the bike how they responded and it was mostly like clutch feel um how they changed the way the clutch engaged and the, the and then sometimes in some of them shifting feel and if the clutch was good and needed better shifting you could get away with running a you know a slipperier uh type of oil but if you're if your clutch was slipping you needed to go back to something that was more you know more grabby and uh i i can't really I need a physicist. Yeah. No, uh, Colin. Well, uh, <laughs> no, so so I was just wondering. So, like, what did you mean by uh, it's like more grabby oil or more? Uh, so, so like that's so so the um, boy, you're getting me here. Um, the I'm trying to. Th I'm, I have to go back to like specific. Remember the specific bike and which one I dumped in it for which reason. I remember on 125s we used to run ATF a lot because it was light and. And we didn't, and believe it or not, we didn't really use the clutch. I mean, the clutch was, you're just banging right. shifts, holding the bike wide open all the time. It wasn't like you're like slip, slipping the clutch, right. but then on some four strokes that were generating a fair amount of heat, 
Um, but they, those weren't, those weren't transmission fluids. This is back to when we're running motor oils, you know, different motor oils and stuff. So there's, there's, I, I've. So so this isn't like, like a a thicker oil is more grabby or the, uh, like the more thinner oil. Well, it depends on how hot it gets. That, that's, that's why I'm sitting here kind of, kind of, you know, getting confused on There's just so many factors that there's, it's kind of hard to say. I, I would say what I usually would do would test different stuff to see, you know, which one, which one worked the best. So I know that it, as a, as kind of a default, I've been going back to the to the 1540 diesel oil, the Delo and the Delvac and right. stuff as as a as a what? Rotella, that too. Yeah, that's what I run in my 300 right now. I, yeah. I really like it. It it uh I I feel like it's a little bit thinner than than a lot of the other transmission fluids that I put in there and it made the bike uh the clutch a lot more uh a lot um a lot smoother when you have a one finger clutch. Yeah. That no, no, that's two. It's it's two. No, I, I have small I have small baby fingers. I have small I have fat, chunky. No, no, my mine, mine, mine are skinny. No, so uh and it also made the shifting a lot smoother as well. Um I, I actually switched to that based on uh your recommendation, uh and also uh I think I think John as well. But um and, yeah, no. And I there's some of the some of the oil companies that make really good transmission fluids too. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it's I think you know I'm 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 the probably the worst guy to ask. I think there's a question here that I got to get to. Somebody asks about what two-stroke oil am I using? It's like usually the closest one to my hand, right? <laughs> I can <laughs> I can attest to it. <laughs> it's kind of kind of like my choice in beer. This is the closest one to my hand, right here. Yeah. So, um, uh, it generally they get the job done. When you start using stuff to ten tenths, then you need something that performs specifically. And I, I got I was lucky because right. I got to race and I got to ride you know where where stuff we expected stuff to work to that level and then we would try different things and Mm -hmm. whether it was your sponsor stuff and they would re-blend and remix and make stuff better um or you were able to try other things and then we would just make sure that the bottle that was sitting on the tail of the box fan was uh the sponsor stuff maybe not was inside the bike (laughs) so there's a there's a lot of that going on but uh okay so yeah um Good, good, good. Did I do a good job of botching that answer? <laughs> awesome. So, so, so actually, uh, can, can I ask a question now? Yes. Uh, I, yeah. just, I just had a quick question. Is, yeah. um, so That's heard, why you're here, because right. you said, can I ask you questions? Yes, you can. All right, cool, awesome. Because uh, I'm going to ask you some questions, too. I got a whole list. I have a feeling I know what they are, too. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, what I was wondering is I've heard uh, you don't want to mix like synthetic or uh, and non-synthetic uh, two-stroke oil in your tank. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Okay, okay, yeah, and I, I was just kind of wondering. So, so I, I don't know too much about I, oil I, myself. So, yeah, I've I've made some, I've done some blends before. I mean, not not, not two stroke right. oil. I'm a little more picky about that. And like in dire situations, yes, but right, two stroke right. oil, I like try to keep it. You know, if it's a you know a synthetic versus like a caster or something like that. Mm. Um, yeah, and then but like you know, I've I've mixed some blends inside of motors before. Okay. <laughs> Made a semi-synthetic oil, right? Because <laughs> no, because because uh, because I, I I've seen firsthand how how you mix two-stroke oil. It's just whatever you find in in your storage containers over there. Uh, and I had no idea what was in in, in the tank and what what you were putting in there. Well, I knew it was in the tank, but I didn't know what you were putting in there. Yeah, and I never noticed any difference. So we scared a guy away from a ride. Remember that one day? Yeah, he yeah. Saw me, he saw me mix like that. Yeah, yeah. No, there, there was a ratio right within sight. I mean, the ratio right was close by, but I could right. eyeball an ounce or two or four ounces or whatever I had to put in. Right, right. And and he's like, he's like, well, wh- 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 uh, how, uh, 
what happens when we have to stop and get gas? I go, I'll just do it like that. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> right. So. No. Uh, and that's my buddy, Kevin, actually. Yeah. No, yeah. So. Scared him away. It's good. Right. If you're going to worry about that, you don't want to go riding with me. And I, I think we have another question about that later on in the, sh- in the show. Mm. Um, okay. Let's see. Girl, it's we got that one taken care of. Okay. Yamaha WR450. Um, we, I've, I've, I actually put up on our Instagram account the maps that I have in that bike right now. I've been going back and forth between the FMFQ and the Yamaha GYTR pipe. And the thing that you, the, the GYTR pipe is full moto, aggressive, race, loud. It makes that bike run like a YZ. I mean, it, it with the competition you see on that, it runs like a YZ. And so, and the one of the issues that I have with the, 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 the Yamaha is that map one and map two um, the base map in them is different. So map one is, quote, the standard or more aggressive map. Map two is the mellow map. So if you put a map that's all zeros in map one and two, they, um, it's, they're like two different maps. So what, right. and, and, and I've been kind of playing around and struggling with is trying to make it so that, that if I switch between map one and map two, they're, they're the same. So I know that if I want to have, kind of similar maps or, or I want one to act one way. I kind of know the difference kind of built in. You can't right. really, you can't really do it. I've been told by the engineers, it's something different. I think it's, it has something to do with the rate of acceleration. And you can even see when they're playing with the map, they're changing the, the throttle position zones and stuff on, on that tuner, which is, it's amazingly um, versatile tuner. So, so I put some maps up there today that make map two, very much like map one up on your Instagram. Yeah. Uh, they're on the dirt bike test Instagram. Okay. So if you were to, if you were to basically run all zeros in map one with the whatever pipe, and then you put one of these other two maps and they're a little bit different. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's more of a personal feel like where, mm-hmm. where, where you like to spin the bike. Like, cause I think what it is, it's a little bit of traction control they built in there. They, they, so if you get a little crazy with the throttle, and if you do it, whether in low RPM or high RPM, those two maps work kind of different. Um, right. It kind of, it it deadens the throttle response in map two. So th- these ones kind of either boost, you know, or they they actually, they, they boost map two. So it's um, leaner and then leaner fuel and mm-hmm. more aggressive on the ignition. So they that's kind of where we're at with these, you know, playing around with them. And then I put a third map in there that, uh, now I forgot what exactly what that map did, but I explained it on the post. So it was yeah. a, it was a map that I think uh, took the GYTR pipe and made it like more rideable because I think the guy that's buying the WR mm. might be a little surprised when they put the GYT par, uh, pipe on. Oh yeah, it, definitely. It's, it's not a WR anymore. No, no. And, and so this makes it more like a WR. It's definitely not back to the level of stock. Like mm. stock is really tame, and this kind of this kind of deadens it quite a bit and and makes yeah. it. Like if you were going to ride in the trees, especially slippery stuff, that's a it's a good map. It's a good starting point, mm. and then so people can plug the you know steal my maps or email me, and I'll send them to you. I'll share them with you. Um, and then you can just load it into your tuner. Actually, even if you don't have a Yamaha, you can download the uh, the Yamaha Power Tuner app, and I can still uh, send you maps, and you can pretend like you have one, and you could like try to beam it <laughs> to somebody else's bike. Now you have to have their ECU code, but uh, the um, yeah, it, it, you can you can use that as a base, a place to start with, and then and then you can play with it and make it make it your own map. Um, and that's the everybody's a little bit different where they feel, um, where they want you know a little bit more, a little bit less, this right. or that. So, um, 
yeah, have at it. Good times. And the next thing we tested today, and you got to ride it also, was a Chirby's mm-hmm. new X-Seat Air. And I saw this on a, I think, I don't know, it was an Instagram post or something like that. And so I've had some of their seats going back to like, I believe it was 2008. I mean, when they very first started these things and uh, it was just like a, it was like a plastic seat and, you know, Cherby's is a plastic company and, and they're, they're very forward thinking. And so yeah. the seat actually is the fifth, I'm told it's the fifth evolution of the X seat. And now they've added air chambers in it. You almost pump it up like a basketball or a football. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was confused why you had a basketball pump out in your shot. Yeah. Shock. My shot, my shock pump and I'm putting a little bit of air and you only put uh, between, you know, zero and nine PSI, which is uh, 0.6 bar, I believe in it. It's not a lot of pressure, hmm. but it actually changes the, the height of the seat a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And for sure the feel of the seat. And so, um, a couple things. Uh, it's a little bit heavier in a stock seat, and if it's cold out, remember this is plastic. It's not a fabric, so that it 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 was cold this morning when I started, and it was brand new. And even over the course of the day, I felt it break in. When it's cold, the seat gets a little bit harder. Uh, yeah. But when it's warm, it's it's nice and soft. But I I actually think it's a pretty cool thing. And number one for me on that Yamaha, I want a little bit taller seat. And so I was able to pump up the pressure and make the seat a little bit taller. They kind of say that's one of the things you can do with the air pressure is that change the seat height. Although I don't think it's, it's not, it's it actually does work. Cause when you sit on it, mm. you actually sit down and squat down into yeah. it almost maybe more than foam, especially with the low pressures. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cause uh, I remember when you, we took a lot of air out of it, I, yeah. I noticed a huge difference. And then, yeah. it, and then it's a shaped seat, especially yeah. in the back. In the front, it's flat, but then it kind of goes in a shaped seat, almost like you see on bicycle, on a mountain bike seats. And I remember my mountain bike seats back in the old days used to be padded. And and if you see a padded mountain bike seat these days, you're watching a beach cruiser. And yeah. so everything's going away from being padded, and they're figuring out the shapes that fit your butt. Um, of course, this is this is it's shaped. It's kind of more formed in the back, and it has ripples in it for for traction and 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 stuff so it's uh it's interesting i think I, i'm stoked that they're pushing and evolving with this thing i don't think it's for everybody i find it i'm thinking it's more for somebody that's really competition oriented somebody that doesn't sit down a lot but when they sit down they want some shock absorption mm-hmm. because i'll tell you right now that yamaha you're going to go through the f- foam into the frame rails right uh pretty easy and and the 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 air pressure you can put enough air pressure and you definitely wouldn't do that and it's still with air pressure because it's kind of progressive mm-hmm. it's actually still soft when you know the initial part is soft and then it kind of kind of gets stiff and it doesn't you know you're not stiff like you're running in a frame it's like a you know kind of a cushion so uh, it definitely right. needs more time actually you got it right over yeah, reach no. over there and grab it yeah why don't we show the ridges yeah you have to do something here not just drink my beer <laughs> so yeah show the ridges oh yeah. Uh, hold yeah, hold it right up to that camera there. I'm trying to see where we can get rib, the ribs here. Rib for your pleasure. <laughs> I was trying not to make that joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, so I don't know. How hey, you know, you know where this, go. you know where this technology. If they get this totally figured out, you know, so take off is on adventure bikes and stuff. And I know that really? I know there's companies that do some sort of air sort of thing mm-hmm. with it. Show, flip them over and show them the. Uh, oh yeah, the, the, bottom, the little the little hole. Yeah, right the hole. You pump yeah, it up there. Have to get rid of. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, I think that, uh, when that this could really change the, that, that whole market for sure. So, um, 
it, it may be, maybe not a you know maybe not a complete seat. Maybe they make like a foam and then you can put like a regular cover over the top of it. And their whole thing, one of their things they're trying to get away from is like you know normal seats like suck up and absorb water. And we're out here in the desert, we don't really have that problem. But I've raced back east where your seat like you pull it off at the end of the mm-hmm. race. And your seat weighs twenty pounds because really? the foam is literally like a sponge. It just yeah. it sucks yeah. up it sucks up water, and then it, and then you're not in the desert. It's not humid, and you're, it doesn't dry out. I mean, it takes right. a long time for it to drip and dry out. So there's some advantages there, mm. um, and it's it's grippy. It's got it's got the it's got the stuff. Yeah, no, I I definitely like it more more up here where you're actually gonna be sitting when you're riding. Yeah. Uh, I know you like this and, and you mentioned it's not for everyone. I'm one of the people that I don't think this is for. I don't really like the way this this sits. Yeah, see, um, I don't I don't ever really I don't really ever it's like you think about it, I know what you're saying. We're right. getting, we're gonna get personal, we're talking about Matt's butt here. <laughs> so yeah. when if you think about it, if you sit down on the side of the side, I gotta move my microphone. Yeah. If you sit down on the side of the seat up there on, on that side, it's like a normal seat, shaped like a normal seat. But yeah. if you sit down here, your cheek kind of cups that yeah. sucker and you you can you can kind of you get a, a, a you get touched in special places yeah no no my my butt's not like most white boys it's uh it yeah. definitely kind of i don't know it's it definitely likes to eat this a little bit there yeah so well, yeah no and, and then even on the side there i would have liked this seat actually a lot more if it was just like a few centimeters wider or like half an inch wider quarter inch okay. even uh i think i would have liked this seat a lot more uh, and then you and then you wrote it with um I think you wrote it with seven psi in it and then and which yeah. is what we were riding with today I wrote it earlier with three down to nothing it was too soft and I actually after even at seven I wanted to or yeah seven I wanted to go up to nine I wanted to go to the full yeah. the full pressure and when it is full pressure it actually flattens that out a little bit more so right. that might help out as well so yeah my my thing with the with the full pressure though is I felt like it kind of stiffened it a little bit more in this, in this. Yeah. So I kind of preferred actually the, the lower pressure because when, when I'm right, I'm actually not back where the, you need where dual chamber. Yeah. Yeah. There you, we need, go. you need, you need soft in the front and stiff in the back. Yeah. There we go. Another, another product idea, courtesy of a dirt bike test in, in one day. So <laughs> hopefully uh, that didn't scare you away. Let's talk about your butt. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's and okay, I know my butt's special. yeah. So uh, 2020 KTMs. So today, Monday actually, Monday, KTM announced the uh, 2020 KTM EXCs, and guess what? The XCW is back. So all of you license plate hating, I need a four-stroke green sticker, dirt bike loving uh, riders, the XCW is back uh, in the 500cc and 350cc sizes. Um the 250 is mysteriously missing, which means it's gone. I heard that that was happening. Um, the sales weren't great on those bikes, so mm-hmm. no need to uh, bring something back that's still sitting on dealer's floors. But uh, if the improvements in the motocross and the XCFs is any indication um, on how much how much that bike will change even though you look at it and it's like oh, the head's 20 millimeters lower and, and it kind of looks the same but like almost every part on that bike is different it gets better foot pegs it gets a lot of better stuff and mm. the the exe is of course pds xcw is pds mm. and i think they have that dialed i mean i think the suspension of those bikes is pretty good so they don't have to do much there but those little changes i don't think you're going to see much changes in the power delivery and power output and stuff like that but just in the in the handling and uh and i think i think for an emissions compliant bike they've done a really good job and that'll stay kind of the same i know they're still struggling you know keeping the bikes quiet and that's that's tricky 
But right. um, so it'll come the way it comes, and we know and know it's acceptable, gets the job done. But I think that the chassis is a, is a big improvement, and like honestly, for me, <laughs> one of the biggest things they needed to do was fix that floppy rear license plate rear fender assembly. Really? Because the the 2012 to 2016 bikes were pretty indestructible. I mean, they they mm. they lasted. You did not have to change those. Oh yeah. The on the current ones, you're gonna suck your license plate in for sure, and they changed some stuff on the back of that bike to make it stiffer. It looks in the pictures, it looks like they made it stiffer. So, I think that's gonna be a, a good thing for for most people. Hopefully, they you know brought it back to the way they had it before. Mm. I'm sure they're dropping some weight. I didn't look at the the exact specifics of it, but that's always their their goal. They're looking for ounces here and there to to drop weight and stuff. And um, yeah, yeah. So, but XCW is kind of a big thing. And I, of course there's no 450. They didn't announce a 450, but they're usually bring those over as six day editions and then let Husky, um, sell some. And yeah, we yeah. didn't see any, there weren't any, wasn't any Husky info. Anybody see any Husky info any place? I didn't, what, I didn't see it. What, what, what are the main differences between the, the Huskies and the KTMs? Cause last I knew and my, my information's old now is it was a kind of like subframe, Plastics and some gearing differences, if I remember right. So <clears throat> the bikes are, uh, you know, they're they're very very similar. The biggest thing yeah. between Husky and KTM when you're talking the street legal version mm. is the the linkage shock. You're going to a chassis that has a linkage suspension. The Huskies have Huskies linkage? have linkage. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah Huskies that's... are all linkage. Okay, and uh, and currently they've been um, running the same fork. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, but the, the the husky has a linkage to the back, and then the the subframe is actually composite. Okay, and then they're they're so the stuff that kind of that kind of that the gas tank, and then this where the seat and the subframe attach and stuff is just a little. All that stuff's a little bit different. The air mm-hmm. air uh, intake track kind of internally is kind of the same, but on okay. the externally, the way the um, air box cover fits on the side of it, um, and the composite subframe changes it they have a oh they how he's brembo magura brembo magura so one of them uses um brembo and one of them uses magura as far as the clutch clutch activation yeah yeah. they use different handlebars uh pro taper on the huskies um Mm. ktm has their stuff uh so it's just like it's a couple little things and right you'd be surprised at how different the bikes feel the linkage for sure yeah, I can imagine that one making a huge difference, especially makes, on the road. Yeah, it makes some some difference. Uh, and and uh, but just even on the motocross bikes, when we're riding like the the factory editions, were the ones I just rode recently with the 450 mm-hmm. KTM and Husky factory edition um, motocross bikes. And when you when you ride them, they're they're you think they're the same, but they're no, they're different. And it's it's right. it's almost like and here's how subtle that stuff is. And some for somebody that rides a lot of these different bikes a lot. Um, people say, oh, they can't be that different. It's like, yeah, they are. It's, it's about as different as when you would go buy a bike and I buy a bike. We buy a brand new bike and three weeks later we show up and we're going to go ride our brand new bikes. But, you know, I've put a gas tank and some goofy handlebars on my bike and you right. went and got a seat and uh, and changed your tires. And yeah. the bikes, they're different. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. That's just how sensitive these bikes are these days to to that kind of stuff. So um, they're, they're, they're the same. Um, and it, I think, you know, people, if you're, if you're really, you know, I prefer PDS. I mean, I just hundred yeah. percent. Every time I ride over a log, I thank my PDS that my rear tire hits the log and not my shock linkage. Yeah. Right, Gabe? 
Because <laughs> I hop on a bike like even the WR the other day, and I was going to do like this little hop over the log demo thing and just go whack. Yeah, just just. And just, I'm like, oh. <laughs> so do, uh, do, do the KTM still have? Uh, they still use the PDS on their enduro models. On like the, the on the XCWs yeah. and the EXCs, and that's it. The XCs, okay. which is really brother to the motocross bike, mm-hmm. is, is linkage. So it's you know the XC and SX are motocross mean linkage and then xcw and exc are off-road which they still um run the pds and i okay. think i think it's good i mean yeah and then if you don't if you want to if you if you want a ktm xcw or exc with a linkage buy a husky yeah okay so that's, that's the that's right the so, so so they have op- different options for different people based off uh I don't know, personal preference, but yeah, it's just, it's okay. what it's, and it's, it's hard to tell what you like, but, um, you know, try it. You'd go to it. They, they have great demo ride programs, you know, go okay. get a chance to ride, um, the bikes, demo rides and stuff like that. Um, steal your buddy's bike, uh, whatever it takes. And I know I had some other questions here. Um, let's see, I'm going to get these. Oh, I was going to ask you a question, Matt. Here I have yeah. my questions here. So, um, you asked if I can a- ask you questions. I wanted to ask you questions. Yeah, um, yeah. Your your bike. You have a you have a very nice Husaberg <laughs> that was a, a few parts away from um, being nice. It, it was kind of a pile of sh- <laughs> crap. Um, can you explain to, to me since yes. after we had our discussion today? Because I, I I don't just like this is the only time I'm really blowing hot air and making noise. Yeah, yeah. But today I was very specific. I said you should fix this. Yeah. And we're probably talking about a hundred dollars in parts and and yeah. three hours in work. Mm. What would take your bike from being a clapped out feeling jalopy to? And this this is goes to almost everybody out there because the the right. the three three or four things I pointed out to you, I feel on a lot of bikes, and it's the right. difference between like what makes your bike really feel good and perform well. And so go go ahead. What right. was number one? So so number one, it was uh, it was the lovers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were saying that the the lovers there were just kind of old and bent, and the the knob broke off one, so I just kind of cut the other one off to match. And I actually <laughs> preferred the feel of the the no no balls on the end of the the lovers. Um, the other thing was uh, there's a it's a, an assortment of different bolts on there as well. Uh, some of them are like the actual KTM bolts. You okay, know, so, one. so so back to lovers. The lovers, yeah, the, the cutting off. Okay, I'll get, I get that and stuff. The one broken. Yeah. What was the problem with them besides them being a little bit flappy? Oh, they they were the they, they were squeaky and they they felt like they need to be lubed up a little bit, right? Yeah. So it's just as simple as is that. And you pull it and they go er, er, er. every time you hear that squeak noise. Yeah. That's that's putting a filter between you and what you want your your bike to do. Right. I mean, you probably could have bought new graphics and it might have made me ignore. I'd say, "Man, your bike looks rad." But then I rode your bike. Yeah. And okay, so we got squeaky levers. So so a little bit of a little bit of grease there. Where else were the grease going to go? Uh, well, I know uh, a lot of my uh bearings could definitely use uh some regreasing as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a, you know, cuz it's he, he's got a, a upper shock um bearing that's loose, yeah. which, you know, the bike already is is a little prone to vibration and yeah. and we start talking about some of the other bolts on the chassis, but a little prone to vibration and that added clink 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 clink. Right, right amplifies that and 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 doesn't doesn't help so and plus the problem you know little vibration coming from the lovers too just kind of adding to it it's a it's an oscillate it's an oscillate physics oscillate it's vibration Uh, oscillation or something like that yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) i haven't got to that part yet but i kind (laughs) of yeah yeah 
So uh, shock linkage, uh, no, not shock, shock, um, grease the shock bolts. It's a Hoosberg. They were they were back on the PDS train. Yeah. Um, one thing I was, I was going to ask you was, uh, so I've actually re-greased those quite a few times now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't have many rides on it since I've last re-greased it, but that they've already gotten to the point where they need to be greased again. And I've replaced those, those bearings two or three times now. So I'm just wondering if, I, if I'm just like packing the grease in there wrong or... Well, generally the bearings come you know, lubed and greased. Right. Uh, and, and then it is, and out here, as long as you don't just blast it with a pressure washer. Yeah. Um, yeah. that's good. But we also, the dirt out here is also pretty, you know, acidic mm-hmm. and, you know, you splash some of that stuff, you know, you go ride in the dry lake bed and when it's wet and it stuff splashes up in there and you notice how everything turns white. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's okay. That's going, it's working its way into those things if it's not, you know, waterproofed. So sometimes that can be, uh, you know, a factor. Sometimes not having the bolts properly torqued can right. be a little bit of a factor. There's a lot of stuff that kind of that that goes into it. But um, th- those two things, I think, were the two primary things I noticed. You know, was and then the O rings on your pipe. Oh yeah, yeah. So so your pipe, the O rings on them were just destroyed, and in in in. So that's also starting to rattle. Yeah, and, and, yeah. It, and then that that shakes and but the I just really my, like vibrations oh, on the bike. And we're going to talk about the 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 dirt <laughs> the bike off. test tool of the week. This tool, enduro engineering. Yeah, surprise, right? So enduro engineering makes this little gem, and this is what would make my Matt's bike. Um, actually, Matt, <laughs> had, I, had I brought this is a lattice of coincidence here. Had I ever showed uh, my friend Bob this tool. He would have a KTM, and then Matt would have a KTM and not a Husaberg right now, I think. But yeah. they, they rode back back when we were testing the the, the Husaberg Matt has and the, the new KTM at the time against each other. I played with this tool. This adjusts the power valve. It has a little square thing. You can wedge a screwdriver in there, and in my Harbor Freight Tech Talk tool talk of the week um, next time, I'll show you how to do that um, as opposed to using a proper tool. Don't tempt me, Brandon. Um, so... This little guy, um, you can take it and you can adjust the power valve. And your bike has a, a substantial amount of hit right now. Yeah, yeah. And it, it feels to me like either the power valve spring is kind of—I don't know which one the, the which one you have in there, and then how you have it preloaded. And that's the cool thing about the KTM's is you're able to adjust the main spring. Oh yeah, definitely. and then this other pr- spring puts preload in it to kind of adjust not only the time it opens, but how mm. it opens. Right. No, I've actually played around with that a little bit. I, I have actually have all three. It was a yellow, green, and red, I yep. believe, right? Um, and I, I think I actually have all three. Right now, I think I have uh, the green in there because if I remember, I was like yellow is mellow, green is somewhere yep. in between maybe. I have to I have to look then, at... Um, and then like red is dead. And, <laughs> and uh, I put the red one in there. and Because uh, you, you, like, you used to like way mellow. I used to like really mellow, yeah, no, and then uh, I put one, and then uh, when I put red in there, I actually didn't like red um, back back then. This was like two or three years ago now, uh, because banging through the gears, the fourth gear, like getting on it, that front wheel still wanted to come up. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I think right then, right now is green. Um, I think I would like red now, but I would want to tune it down a little bit because it was almost unridable. Like the power wasn't usable. Uh, it was. It was. It was dead. No, not no. dead. Not dead. No, no, it was. It was just. It was just. Oh, red. So oh, when you said red is dead, red means you're dead. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. The bike's not dead. No, <laughs> the bike's goal is to kill you when yeah, it has red. There, got it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. I didn't. It, it's it's funny how you how you gave the power valve a name, and that's probably I could probably yeah. remember it if I had, had done that. But anyways, yeah. this tool very simply, uh, you just carry it in your pocket, and you come out and you just do these little quarter turn adjustments, or maybe turn it three turns one way, ride it, turn it three turns the other way, ride it, figure out which way you want, and then work your way back into the happy zone. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, good, uh, good, uh, good tool. This I, I would, I would almost let you have this, but I'd never see it again. So, so, so uh, actually, uh, Bob, when when he sold me that bike, yeah, he had an Allen Allen tool that he just shaved down to fit in there. I, I actually have, I have a homemade one. I'll right bet now. you, I'll bet you, this thing would cost way less than the time it took for you to manufacture <laughs> that tool. Enduro Engineering, uh, e- enduroeng.com. I don't, I can't remember their their uh, website. Just Google Gabe, Enduro Engineering. Gabe will, Gabe will get that to me. He'll put it up on the chat room. Yeah, but uh, I think uh, KTM makes one now, but I think it's still made by Enduro Engineering. They just put KTM on it. Uh, probably hard yeah. parts. Yeah, look at your KTM hard parts. Yeah. Uh, EnduroENG.com. Uh, good guys. They make good stuff. Uh, I want to show you something else because I know last week we talked about something. This is going to be hard to, hard to show you, but there was a guy who asked about the 90-degree um, the elbow on top of your fuel injector, and, and he had a there was somebody that was trying to sell him one that was uh, straight, <laughs> and he was worried about flow. And I said, well, in your system, there is this filter. Can you see that? This little teeny tiny guy, it's not very big. Mm-hmm. Your arm's longer than mine. Yeah. Reach up there and yeah, put that right in front of that. Put that right in front of the camera. I know exactly what these are. Yeah. That little sucker right there. If if you're worried about a 90 degree elbow in your system that has like this diameter and then you're gonna stick this little filter in there and worry about flow, uh probably not too much of an issue. But in reality, um, those are the stock KTM filters. And this is something else I've been running. These uh these uh, zip tie makes these, and these are a big, big filter. And the cool thing is, is they actually replace the fitting. You know, Gabe, that quick disconnect fitting that they have on the gas tanks for KTM's, so you don't have to think. And I would actually pull it off here, but it's actually stuck on there. But check out this this guy here. Nice big filter, reusable, washable. Um, you can put that in there. I would put that in there before I um, started to try to straighten out my intake track with um, using hose clamps and things. So just a, a word to the wise, I guess. <laughs> uh, okay, going to run back to some questions, and then we're going to hit the boards real soon. Uh, but these are questions that were asked earlier. Um, so you can get your phone open. Yeah, I, mean, I can get it open. Here we there go. There we go. So uh, Garrett asked, um, and and... Thank you for asking this, Garrett. I, I know yeah, how you're doing here. Besides yourself, excuse me, let me pat myself on the back here. Um, who are some media influencers who can actually be trusted for product recommendations? It seems that most of them today are just spitting out a bunch of BS. <laughs> you're speaking to the choir. I can spot rubbish pretty well, but many people new to the sport fall into these marketing traps. I do everything I can to educate some of these new riders on what is going on like you do, but how can we make it even more clear to the noobs who who can be trusted and who is bought. You know what? I don't have the answer. <laughs> Cuz I I I I see it. I see it all the time. It, the you know, your your insta influencers um right away they you know, it's like it's like hey, I got this many people following me and I got this many eyeballs and all this stuff and 
it's everybody's opinion is valid. Valid. I I will listen to everybody's opinion, and then I always kind of roll back and okay, what kind of experience do you have, for, and where are you coming from? Like, what else have you compared it to? And when I see people that are like really pumping the same stuff all the time, and don't beat on me for my JD jetting tuner. Because <laughs> you know there are some things that are really good, and it is if it's really good for me, and I'll tell you about it. But that doesn't mean it's good for you, and 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 you have to kind of know that. So I don't I don't really know. I mean, um, if you're new, you don't have the experience, and I think experience uh, goes a long way. And like I like to say, is I was influencing influencers before they had influence, and I'm still influencing them today. So uh, yeah, follow. Uh, Dirt bike test on Instagram <laughs> and Facebook and listen to this podcast and our YouTube channel and that other thing I haven't told you about that we're going to be big on pretty soon. Um, uh, San Felipe Bob, my buddy San Felipe Bob, can you explain the all important asset liability factor when choosing riding buddies? Yeah, and he says, I know my size. Well, I know my size too. That's why I ride with about three three people <laughs> on a regular basis. Uh, um. Uh, I can't explain that in the time we have left. <laughs> uh, I know, I know one thing that I ran into, uh, ran into a lot out here in Pahrump, and one thing you've ran into with me is uh, their mechanics, uh, their their ability uh, to be a mechanic. Uh, I know when I've come on rides with you, my bike breaks a lot. Yeah, it's just something about you. I don't know what it is. I make um, bikes break. Yeah, no, without touching them. Yeah, exactly. No, it's like the psychic <laughs> ability. But um, I know out here in Pahrump, uh a lot of people don't know how to take care of their bike. Like, like even the more basic stuff. Uh, even though, even though greasing the lever is pretty basic. Um, like I, I know people who didn't know you had to clean your air cleaner or or uh, never change the tranny fluid, and uh, so their their bikes would break down on me all the time. So uh, I would always choose a bet riding buddy based on uh how often their bike would break down uh if the bike broke down more i'd ride with them less so, yeah that's it that's, so if if when when i say hey we're gonna go riding if you ask me uh, there's a couple questions that are just instant red flags it's like when are we gonna be back that's a really bad question to ask me yeah, yeah. because it doesn't matter we're gonna go riding uh, we we will get back. Right. When is depending how good the riding is if you're no fun we're gonna be back really quick or you're coming <laughs> back by yourself um uh, the other question a lot of times is, uh, so it's how much gas do I need? Uh, <laughs> full tank. Full. Yeah. A full tank. Right. And, and I, I probably know what kind of bike you have. And, and I would suspect, you know, that, that if I'm inviting you or we've talked about riding, I understand what you're on. So yeah, right. tank, tanks pretty, pretty much be full because you're going to run out of gas. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, anyway, you know, I hit reserved a few times. And, and then, and like the, the, the one I love the most is, do I need a headlight? <laughs> no, no, I, I you, learned that you, very quickly with you. You always need a headlight. Yeah, it's, it's really good to have because you right. can at least you know when the lights go out, you know, outside, you can right. do something about that, and you can get your your ass back. So, right, um, that's those are kind of questions that just signal straight away that you're a liability, not an asset on on, right. on our trail ride. And don't don't stop by to visit me on your tour through where, wherever <laughs> here. And, and, and it goes by anonymous because yeah, <laughs> aliens. Uh, let's see. Thoughts on KTM dropping the two two fifty four stroke? Um, yeah, they didn't sell well enough. Um, there's a lot of and the thing is the KTM is a high performance two fifty four stroke, and usually people that are in the market for that bike are looking for a low performance two fifty four stroke. Your parents mm. have those, yeah, the, the CRF two fifty Ls, yeah, yeah, which exactly. are great bikes. They they are they're they're great for people who they don't want to go fast. They just want to get out and 
you know, and just enjoy like some, uh, some like forest roads or two tracks, you know, nothing They're, extreme. Yeah. Those bikes are inexpensive. They get the job done. There's, there's a fair amount of them out there in all mm. different varieties and flavors and seat heights and gas tank capacities and all the, and right, the KTM right. was definitely on one end. And in reality, the difference between a 350 and a 250 for, let's say somebody who's kind of in between there, mm. it's, it's a couple pounds on the scale and, and, a, and a little bit more power, but you know what? The throttle goes both ways. So if you right. don't, if you don't need a 350, you can ride a 350 and only turn the throttle to 250 levels. Right. Right. That's, that's my take on it. So, I mean, they, they, yeah. they're making, they're making a lot of, a lot of bikes. So, uh, so again, I've been out of the loop for a while. Uh, I was kind of, I was kind of curious. Uh, so how's the 150 been doing? Cause I know they replaced the 200 with the 150. Uh, did they big mistake, big mistake yeah, in my world, <laughs> right? Cause I'm cause, fat. <laughs> I, I mean, my, my extra girth needs that extra 50 cc's of, of, right. of, of torque. Mm-hmm. It, it really what it is. No, I think for the intended market, you know, kids moving up, you know, coming off of 85s or 105s and going to, you know, the next level of two stroke, it makes it kind of a little bit more torquey or available to compete with, you know, 254 strokes. Maybe you can be on it for a year and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the 200 was its own unique engine platform, so expensive to produce. And the 150 is based on the 125 and they're always going to make 125s. Right, right. So it it just it's just a it's a marketing decision, and they they did the best with what they had to mm. to produce. They're fun bikes to ride, but it just kind of takes it out of yeah my you know for for me it's it's not there. But I mean for for a smaller lighter guy that wants to hey I'm going to change it up this year I'm going to ride a 150. Right. I think uh, yeah no because I I uh, I remember in Alaska when I worked at a KTM dealership there was uh the there was a guy who traded his 200 for 150. And he was, he was actually, he was actually a smaller guy yeah. and, um, he actually didn't even like the 150. He, he kind of wanted the, 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 the 200 on hill climbs is where, yeah. is where well, he really noticed two, it. The 200 is more like 250 and yeah. the 150 is more like 125. It's, right. and, and we used to have, you know, 125 or two, you know, there was the KDX 200 and then mm-hmm. KTM started making them and guess what? Now beta makes one and we're going to test one soon, hopefully. And then maybe there's filling in the hole, but nice. I'm going to get a KTM 300 next. Uh, that's my you next. You want my Hoosberg 300? No. You sure? No, no. <laughs> I like fuel injection. I'm going to go fuel injection all the way. <laughs> okay, that one I'll give you. Okay. Uh, Justin asks, uh, yeah, XCFWs, how do you think these will run compared to the XCs? I'm told they're a little bit more aggressive in the power delivery and stuff. Uh, uh, they, I'm told they're mapped a little bit different because um, they don't have to meet such stringent... Um, I mean, I think the emissions requirements are the same the tailpipe emissions if i'm not or pretty close to it chris real would definitely be able to answer this but i think they can make a little bit more noise or the mufflers don't have to be quite as restrictive so they'll it, probably run a little bit better it, it would make sense since uh since the street legal ones do need to actually uh meet a noise requirement the, I could, the, the offered ones do too oh really the, the xcws have to meet a noise requirement okay. there's, there's a there's a sound test for it and it is pretty tight but not nearly yeah. to the level that the the, the street one i don't think they I, I don't know which exactly tests they do, but mm. they're not. It they they don't have to worry about some of that stuff as much. Okay. Um, George asks, which is better, liquid or spray on air filter? Or bike salesman told me years ago he checks the air filter on used bikes before making an offer. Um, if it was sprayed on, he would pass. Not sure how he could tell. Well, if you have used both, and I have used both quite extensively, um, sometimes you can see spray patterns because people will spray them. Well, <laughs> people will do everything. I always spray them on the inside, and I still wring them and squeeze them mm. um, a lot. 
What I also found, if you're not careful, especially on cold days or especially when it's damp, is some of the propellants in the spray-on air filters. If you don't shake them up, or even if you do shake them up, sometimes the propellants actually go in there and almost freeze the air filter, really? and then the oil doesn't spread out. Okay. So, Because you know how propellants usually kind of cold? It's like a propane or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, you just have to, I think, you know, it's it's spraying the same stuff out there. They're just, you know, it might be a little bit different formulation or whatever, but it's... Most air filters are pretty good. Um, there's some that are better than others. I actually, my my favorite air filter oil of all time is this stuff. It's rock oil mix, it, and it's called water washable synthetic. It's called synthetic water washable air filter oil, SWAF. Okay. And they make it in both spray and, and roll, and you re- literally rinse it out with water. Right. And it won a shootout we did in, in Dirt Rider, and I've been using it ever since then. Um, it does. It's hard on air filters. Mm-hmm. Because it's got a lot of alcohol in it, and it's hard on the foam and hard on the glue, kind of yeah. like no toil is. Right. No toil requires its own cleaner to get it to get it clean. But I was always very happy with that as well. Mm. And uh, and then there's there's a few other brands. I mean, Maxima's um, FFT is excellent for a petroleum product and uh, mm. really good. The, the Twin Air stuff and whether it's their normal stuff, and I think they've kind of switched over to their bio stuff, has all been really really good. And you know, sometimes when using some of these ones that are you know they have different um, thinners in them. It's hard on the glue and yeah, yeah. stuff like that. But uh, I wouldn't. I, I you know what I would do if I were using used bike salesman. I'd take the air filter off, and if I saw anything past the air filter, um, and a lot of times those are clean. You know that somebody <laughs> gone in there and cleaned it up. I can look and see. Yeah. You know, and and uh, there's a couple little key things I look at when I'm buying used bikes. Maybe we'll donate a, a podcast to telling you how to buy a used bike one of these days. I'm going to scroll. That'd through. be a good one. Actually, yeah, I, I I could use that one. How do you, how to buy you? Yeah, <laughs> you know we are telling uh, we should tell everybody that the guy you bought your bike from is sitting here. Yeah, like ten feet, uh, ten feet from me. Yep. If he's if he saw what I did to it, I think he'd be. Yeah, well, you <laughs> guys a little appalled. Yeah, you guys uh, uh, treat each other fairly, I'm sure. Uh, let's hmm. see. I remember shock bolt issue with Matt's bike. Um, see, hmm. Bob's got Bob's got you on on count, and Bob's holding down the fort here. Let's see, Marco. Well, good, Marco. Good to see that you're not using your wife's account this week. That's uh, always nice because um, now I don't uh, picture her talking to me like that. Let's see. I spent a half an hour watching the May 14th Tech Talk. What did I miss? Damn it. <laughs> it was that good that you you missed the live show to watch the old one. Um, actually, I got to get that up on the uh, – I don't know. I'm, I'm behind. Let's see. Red is harder hit. Green is mellow. See, somebody's yeah, catching see, it. Red, red makes you dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, if, you, if you're not ready for it, it, it will kill you. Yeah, when when I, when I heard you say red dead, I thought red like dead dead in the power. So. Yeah, cool. Um, I'm, glad, I'm glad we got people fact-checking us right here. Got it. Um, bottom of the fork of my KTM 1090R. Um, and the left side now uh, weeps. Tired of cleaning out with seal buddies several times. How do I know if the continued weeping indicates a seal or is a cra- crappy jot at cleaning? Uh, Ian, um, first of all, slow the down when you're riding your adventure bike if you bottom it out it means one thing you're riding it too fast um if if and 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 trust me on most of the ktm adventure bike forks i've pulled apart the oil levels have been all over the place um mostly too low but i have seen them a little bit on the high side why are you waving they're all like that well okay (laughs) Uh, so anyways, back to my thing here, the, the, the chicken gallery is getting, getting, they need a beer. Um, so <laughs> cheerleader. 
it, it could have been it could have been like you know hydraulic lock or you just compressed it so much or maybe had a little bit extra air in there as well and it just it just blew the seal and i mean i've, I've rarely heard of that happening but it does happen um and it can compromise the seal at that point it can it can actually it, what it usually i found that does is it 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 bends the spring or twists or, or deforms the spring that's actually putting tension on that seal. So uh, you may have to replace the seals. That's uh, just the cause of riding your thing. Um, hey, Chris Smith, good to see you, buddy. I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, you know, I rode on Bob Jones' uh, bicycle trail this weekend. Just want to let you know, you guys, with the good names. Uh, George, good job. How do you spell George? Not with a J. Um <laughs> Uh, tell your wife I said hi. What, what was it, Stacy? <laughs> um, jet ski carbs have those pesky little filters in them. Let's see. Let's see. Um, Garrett thanks me for answering his question. Uh, let's see. Bob's making funny jokes. Um, let's see. I'm getting close to the end luckily we're getting close to the end we have succeeded in lasting for a whole hour here um hey if anybody needs solar power in california i'm so throwing a shout out to my friend matt stoutenberg he wired my garage and it hasn't burnt down yet so um but not with solar not propane he's he's, he's giving me chemical advice you were supposed to give me some good physics advice what, what did bob tell you when the most important thing about physics when you walked in here uh, that was about engine. He was uh, talking about engineering. It was F equals MA and uh, don't push rope. <laughs> See, it, at least if everything else I said, this whole podcast was useless, that should help you out in, <laughs> in your, in your future endeavors. Right. Um, hopefully uh, we've answered uh, nine out of the 10 questions that we were given without referring to too many uh, reference manuals. I'd like to thank Matt for, uh, coming down i'd like to thank gabe for uh, getting our tv screen up there with our logos working in less than an hour not too bad i helped a little bit <laughs> we got it figured out we're planning on making this thing a little bit better uh one step at a time uh with the uh, good sponsors like kate's tm design works and a coming on um that helps us out a bunch uh makes it easier of course, uh, Climb has been supporting dirt bike tests since day one. Uh, that's the gear I wear when I'm riding for fun and a lot of times for photo shoots too. Um, if you want to support us, you can buy one of these nifty difty t-shirts like this. We send them out like, uh, you know, once a week, we'll get around to the orders and send them out. And if you're double XL, guess what? These are sold out now. So um, we may possibly uh, be coming... Coming to you from uh, Montrose, California, or Foothill, or someplace like that, out of ESP suspension. So maybe I can answer that fork seal question more accurately uh, soon. We'll see how things go. I've got uh, our Honda CRF450X is up there getting uh, the forks tuned on, forks and shock tuned on. And uh, oh, I know, I wanted to talk a little bit about that bike. So if you have ever taken the rear shock out of a Honda CR450X, the old version, it required almost like remove motor disassembly. Really? And But there were a couple tricks. You can remove the subframe. You take the muffler off, remove this, not remove the subframe. You can disconnect the subframe, disconnect yeah. the airbox boot. And there was a weird way you could twist the the frame, kind of pivot it on the wires, all the wires that go back there. You can pivot on there and kind of slide it out there. Well, guess what? With that new piggyback shock, you can just about almost, um, you can do it. 
I, I, I did it just barely, but I think it's going to take two people to get it back in because, you know, you're almost tipping the bike over really? and, uh, to, to get it out there. So, uh, okay. and we put our bulletproof designs, um, uh, radiator guards on there and word to the wise. Uh, oh, I got to talk about those wheels too. No, bring them up here. So you look at those things. There we go. Those are gems. Yeah. Put a dent in the conference table there, Chief. This was a nice conference table. <laughs> it still is. Okay, it's just good. a nice conference table with a bent. Uh, with a, with a ding. <laughs> ding from the yeah. rim. Yeah. Uh, just just admire those while I'm sitting here telling you about the bulletproof design. If you ever get a new bike and you want to get radiator guards, do it when the bike is new. Do not wait because especially the shaped ones, like the bulletproof designed ones, we, we they were because our bike was brand new when we, they were air shaped over here and we rode it a little bit. Um, and they were just a little bit tweaked and luckily we were able to get them on there, but it was close. And so when those radiators take a little bit of shape and get, Hey, what, what's wrong with your bike today? Oh, we discovered a hole in the, in the radiator. In the radiator. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, on, on, on top of all the other things, just, just one thing. And it, you know, it runs, it, you know, it could run out of water and seas, but that's no big deal. You just get another one. Um, but yeah. buy radiator guards before you, uh, bend your radiators because it just it's safe it, that's the reason you want them in the first place and mm. it's a it's a it's a cheap fix and so those things went on there we got them on there it's all good but it, when we looked at them closely if you notice how low that one radiator hangs down i think it's on the um it would be on the clutch side uh the it's down there low and just from us riding through branches and stuff it, it the bottom of that radiator has some pretty good dents in it and it was slapped mm. hard enough and it wasn't from crashing it was slapped hard enough to where it actually kind of tweaked the uh, radiator back a little bit right. so uh word of the wise so we were able to get the shock off we'll be riding that more in the future um i'm fully satisfied with the maps we have for that i'll put those up someplace and uh check out these w wheels um these are for my ktm 1090 and they had relaced um, to my stock hubs, my smaller rims. And everybody asked me why I do this. I run more narrow rims on my adventure bike. And the reason being is I want it to feel a little bit more agile. Um, and it gives it a little more lighter, a little more playful feel. I can run a wider selection of tires. And I prefer the way that it wraps the tire and shapes the tire for dirt performance which is where i ride it most of the time and it still uh, provides acceptable grip on the road those things are shiny and gold and heavy duty so be jealous wait till you see my 1090 next time uh it's awesome and i think with that i'm going to scroll down make sure we don't have any last minute uh questions we need a pressure washer sponsor glenn you are exactly right and in fact i got two pressure washers that are on the fritz right now so um, yeah, no, that one you had me use today was uh it took me like 10 minutes of finicking to try to and, clean a car oh so you yeah. came over today with a with a clogged carburetor too well yeah yeah <laughs> i thought it would clear out good thing i have an ultrasonic cleaner so yeah, on, we got okay. it done quickly on that note, um, we're going to close this one up. Thanks again for uh, showing up. Uh, we'll see you. That's good. Yeah, we'll see you next Tuesday, hopefully, uh, if we do another one of these. But you never know. You're going to have to beg for this one So, because I feel like going riding. Um, and it's light light enough to where I could actually be riding at 7 o'clock and not miss sitting here like one bit. So we'll see you out on the trail. Cheers. Okay.